Hey there, people of the interwebs. First off, I need to apologize. Um, it's been a long time since I've uploaded an episode. An embarrassing long time. Um, and uh, I, I got no excuses other than I let a month go by, and then I felt embarrassed about letting a month go by, so another month went by, and then so on and so on. And so I, I, I do apologize for everyone who's listening, and... Um, uh, I'm going to do my best to, to build back up your trust because we do have a lot of podcasts in the back catalog. We're going to be uploading. Um, I wish I could upload more of the back catalog and just get caught up, but um, that would involve me paying for more bandwidth. And I is a poor boy. Um, so it, it's a money issue, not necessarily a, a will issue or a time issue. It's just I can only afford so much bandwidth per month and um that usually equates to one episode a month and i i screwed up i let a lot of time go by and um i want to apologize i i feel bad about that um you know it, it just uh, you know life got away from me i started working three jobs and then uh you know the podcast we're still recording because the the book club is is a, one of my favorite things that I we ever do here. Um, and uh, so yeah, I, I need to apologize not only to you, the listener, but to my fellow podcasters, the people we meet up once a month and we're friends. We we have lunch before the 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 book club and and I've been really lazy about just getting these episodes out regularly. Um, and it's one of the reasons why I felt like I was letting everyone down by not uploading. And then that guilt escalated and, you know, I finally, like, you just got to do it. You got to, you got to face the shame. It has literally been over a year since we uploaded an episode and that's on me. That has nothing to do with my, uh, fellow podcasters that, that, that's squarely on my shoulders and I apologize. And uh, if you're listening to this and you've listened to our past episodes, I hope I can build back up your trust. Um, uh, with that said, um, if you're in the Pasadena area, this upcoming Sunday, TuneCon at the Pasadena Convention Center, I will be there, table A5. I'm right in the corner. They put me in the corner, folks. Um, this is probably the safest place for me. Uh but it's going to be an incredible convention dedicated to animation and the history of animation um, with a strong focus of Western animation. Not that there's anything wrong with Studio Ghibli or anime or any of the, the that fine, but there are hundreds of thousands of anime conventions. This is a, um, a convention focusing on, you know, Hanna-Barbera, Tom and Jerry, you know, classic American animation, uh, the 90s, you know, dark, the 90s uh, cartoons of, of the Saturday morning era, the, you know, Darkwing Duck, uh, Jim Cummings is going to be there, Tad Stone, the creator of Darkwing Duck is going to be there, um, several voice actors, um, it, it's going to be a fun time, uh, if you are a G.I. Joe fan, this might be a thing for you to pop into. If you're a Transformers fan, this is a thing you might want to pop into. Uh, tickets are real cheap right now. Uh, I think at the door it's like 15 bucks. 
I as an artist paid a lot more than you're going to pay to get there. Trust me. Um, but uh, I'm going to be debuting my new comic, Flatfoot McGee. It is a cartoonish uh, noir duck detective. Uh, I've been working on this one for a long time, folks. I'm very proud to, to be debuting it at ToonCon um, November 10th. Uh, this upcoming Sunday. So thank you. And uh, without uh, further ado, or gilding the lily, um, we're going to be uh, talking this month about Tad Stone. Um, a really fun adventure, pulpy book. Younger reader, um, originally published in 2008. Uh, the author is Ted Bell. This is the only book I've ever read by Ted Bell. Um, I know he has several in the series. Uh, this is the first one. This is a really fun book. I, I can't um, speak enough about it. It was just a fun adventure romp. Um, and so without further ado, we're going to get into um, Tad Stone. Or not Tad Stone. Um, Nick of Time. All right. Thank you. The texture. written in 2000? Mm -hmm. hmm. I meant to look it up. I guess... Uh, Why have they not made a movie of this book yet? Right. Awesome. Like, I think it's a part of the Nick something series. Like, mm -hmm. they yeah. multiple books in this. It would still make a great movie. Yeah. Great series, something. The, the artwork is very uh, 1950s. Yes. Rock Rockwell. Yeah. I yeah, Maylene had it at that. Oh, you can take it out. I don't know. I was just looking at it. You can look at the first people I've ever encountered that used the jacket for the bookmark. I don't do that. I would I've always used the jacket bookmark. <coughs> front front edge of it for the first half of the book and the back. I always got the second trouble. back. Oh. I always always got Don't do that to the book's dust cover. <laughs> I was taught the way my dad did it. I know. So well, my grandpa, he was he was very strict about his book. Yeah, you jog your page. Oh, oh, oh my God. I don't punch you. I don't care. My grandpa, <laughs> he, he, got, he gets very upset if you dog your pages. I do. We, we bought a relative bookmarks for Christmas because he, he was... Doing that to his books, it's like, I'm like no, oh, we got him good heavy duty bookmarks. Like, mm -mm, I, I loaned one of my antique books to a friend one time, <laughs> and it came back with dogs and pages. They're no longer your friends. Well, he's still my friend, but I had to give him a talking to. We don't do this. Is that Gerald? Yes. <gasps> and he's able. To I am not speaking to Gerald for at least twenty four hours. <laughs> You hear that, Gerald? You hear that, Gerald? You're on notice. <laughs> um, I refuse to see Gerald until the next time we're in Arizona. Okay. Does Gerald <laughs> listen to this podcast? Should we play he doesn't know about it yet. Oh, okay. No, we should tell him about it. He needs to hear this. <laughs> Gerald? Gerald? <laughs> this is our PSA. Pretty good. Next time we hear about, about you doing that, we're going to sit you down very nicely and um, have a talk. Move your fingernails with tweezers. 
I'm yeah, have talk. That's what I said. <laughs> I'm getting old because I, I remember finishing reading this book. I remember it's like a finishing it. And then I saw it the other day. The bookmark was halfway into the book. No, I... I remember reading that book. I think it Wait, I don't remember that. I don't remember that one either. Oh, nuts. My mom is at that point where she won't remember watching a movie. And I told her, I go, no, Mom, I was there with you. We watched it. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh, it's okay. She goes, I don't mind uh, forgetting that I've watched a movie. Well. And uh, we are the bookies. Um, today's book is uh, Nick of Time by Ted Bell. A uh, is this New York? Yeah, New York Times bestselling author. The Alex Hawk series. It's the first one in the Alex Hawk series. Um, right there on the cover, it says "Nick of Time is a Blast." James Patterson. Um, uh, <laughs> so uh, it's. Uh, I was the one who suggested it. You want to tell us what it's about? It is a time-traveling, I guess you could say, adventure thriller type story. Um, It's a story about this little boy named Nick MacGyver who receives um, what he soon finds out to be a small orb that can help him travel through time. And he got it from a great ancestor of his. And uh, so the, his uh, ancestor sent it to him in the hopes that he could help him by coming back in time to help him defeat this enemy of his. And concurrently, you have this other story in, uh, during 1939, uh, just before the war starts, of this German U-boat uh, coming off the coast of England trying to you know gain information for... Uh, Germany, and so you have on one end a World War Two beginning of the war adventure spy type story, and at the same time you have a nautical, you know, battle on the high seas type adventure. It's, it's very high seas. Um, it starts with this quote that I actually like. Uh, um, a hero is never braver than an ordinary man, but he is braver five minutes longer. Ralph Walder, Waldo Emerson. And then a good ship is never taste tested in the calm waters. Richard Trent. I like that. Um, uh, we picked this up, like, I think at a dollar. Yeah, I think we, we, we were, it was one of our trips to one of those book fair type stores, um, and we had, um, it was like a dollar or two at the bookstore. Like, hey, this kind of looks interesting, so. Um, so, this has been sitting in our living room for, I want to say, almost a year. Yeah, about a year. And I keep, I, I kept walking past, I kept looking at the cover. And I thought it was a swashbuckly Edgar Rice Burroughs kind of like from the cover. That's what you would think it would be. It, it, I would say the cover is a little misleading because the main character of the book is a twelve-year-old, and but the co- the picture on the cover makes him look like he's in his early twenties. 
So I. Yeah, that's true. I was not. I was expecting like an older guy to, you know, well, not older, but you know, a twenty-year-old to be on this adventure. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, okay, so it's a twelve-year-old boy you know, on this yeah. little journey. Okay. So, um, I would say, uh, like, my favorite part or whatever. Um, I just want to say it real quick. It reminded me of Tintin. With like a little bit of like Ducktales, <laughs> yeah. I really like that's what like I was thinking of the whole time I was reading this. Um, Not me, really. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I, I didn't think yeah. I didn't get that vibe either yeah. until you said something. So well, yeah, because there, there's very much I got a Ducktales vibe in that. Like you have well, Tintin, sailor, young adventurer, older sailor, um, friend. And then, but like uh, Hawk kind of reminded me of uh, a Scrooge McDuck character, time travel, you know. Right, okay. There was elements, even, even uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Katie. Katie kind of reminded me of uh, um, Webigel. Ah. So, but uh, my favorite moment, favorite character in the entire book is when Katie met uh, Hobbs. Hobbs for the first time. <laughs> that, that are you a Chinaman? <laughs> China. That scene, like, like I was like, okay, I like this book. As it, like, I was like, I don't know, I didn't know. But the second that scene happens, and Katie, because from that moment, like, like I mentioned, Webigel from Ducktales. Webigel is not a fully fleshed out character in Ducktales. She's the girl duck who exists for the other ducks to go, ooh, girls, cooties. Um, but the second she is alone with Hobbs, um, she's a character. She's a six-year-old girl, six and three quarters, very precocious. Very precocious. She's, you know, steals kind of the, the, the book from me. Basically, I like the fact that she, you know, is always asking questions like, "Are you Chinese?" And he's like, "Like what?" Like trying to figure out where she's like. Um, first of all, why is there a six-year-old child? Yeah, in my, in my elevator, <laughs> on a place that nobody can get into. Why is she asking me these questions? I don't get it. She does know where English, right? <laughs> right. Are you a Nazi? No. What? No. What? Why would you think that? <laughs> Are you gonna cut my head off? Because <laughs> all these questions, like he, he doesn't even have time to think about the first question, and then she's on another question, and he's like, uh, he's still trying to figure out if she's real or not. Like, yeah. Am I seeing things? Where does this child come from? <laughs> so, like, she became my favorite character and kind of oh, stole my favorite. Yeah, stole the she stole the book from me. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, before you go any further, I wanted to say because you were saying the ex- explanation, it sounds silly for a uh, honored nautical sea captain to need help from a twelve-year-old boy. There's a very legitimate reason why he's asked by his ancestor to help, and it's because he knows the reef like no one else because he spent all summer exploring it. No grown-up's going to do that. So he literally, like, he legitimately had skills no one else had. So there's I a have reason a, he needed that. I have a slight problem okay. with that. That's my so problem. That's okay. You can get to that later. You can get to that later. That's fine. I just wanted there's to point women. that out for early on so people aren't like, yeah. why is this old guy get this 12-year-old kid? There's some wibbly-wobbly plot holes. There are. There are in this. Um, but... But that scene alone, like, it's part of a series. I might go on and read more just for little Kate. If she's in it. If, if she's, she's in not in it, it books yeah. I might not. Because she, she's my 
hands down favorite character in that Me whole too. Okay, Justin, favorite part of the first half of the book. <laughs> yeah, well, Unfortunately, the chapter that Brandon mentioned is one of my favorites. But I, I have to say, I also like the the introduction to uh, Captain Craig on the U-33 submarine. <laughs> you know, and I don't know why, but for some reason, when he's singing Happy Birthday Torpedo Over... Torpedo Man Over, <laughs> Happy Birthday to You, uh, Happy Birthday to the English Fishies, the meal they'll make out of you. It just struck, like, oh, it struck a funny bone somewhere. and I, it, it, It's like a, an evil Colonel Clink or something, you know. It just, it, 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 if Colonel Clink could actually get away with killing someone, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah. That's what he did. <laughs> yeah, so it, 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 was, it was funny for me. I, unfortunately, I haven't managed to finish the book yet. But um, okay. the uh, I also like the uh, the way they so far they describe the young boy's sailing skills. That's obviously done by somebody who's done their homework. Oh, if, if you look at <coughs> the and uh, uh, after yeah. a photo in the back of the book, he's yeah, he the is, he is. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know he was uh, actually a sailor himself. So that 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 shows that he knows what he's talking about. So. And uh, another thing that I like about the book, I know it's not for the pictures, but I really like the illustrations. Yeah. The illustrations yeah, yeah, they're really, really, they're really well done. Do they credit the illustrator? Oh, on the front. Does yours have any? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, because I see his. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure they do. I mean, usually most books will credit an illustrator. Um, I don't think the front cover was done by the same one, though. Mm-hmm. I think the front cover was a different illustrator. It makes sense because if you look at the picture, um, for those of you who have it, of um, Nick when he like young Nick when he's yeah. you know looking at submarine underwater he looks different than he does on the cover of the but book. they often do that then no, it's it's he was wet hello hello oh sorry <laughs> yeah it's so different <laughs> he has the answer he to our wet. question the uh, jacket and interior illustrations by Russ Kramer, Kramer. really mm-hmm. yeah Russ Kramer. Kramer interesting I don't know why he made him look like it. Maybe he wasn't drawing Nick on the front cover. <laughs> okay. Like it would be a um, picture of a young self. My favorite. All right. Well, do we want to talk about the illustration a little bit more? Or? Or, oh no, I just, I just, I was just saying. All right. My. Well, I've already, we've already established my favorite character was also Katie, and I. I loved um, the storyline with Katie, and it tended to bounce back. Once they once they parted ways, mm-hmm. and you've got Nick and Hawk and Gunner in the past, and Hobbs and Katie in the present, 1939. Never break the party. Um, no, no, no. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. But once you once they, they they generally alternated chapters. Yeah. So I got really into Katie's storyline. Now, okay, I'm not worried about Nick. I know he's going to survive. First of all, he's the main character. And the book's named after him. The book's named after him. Um, the style of the author is obviously not dark. He's not going to kill off his main character, especially since it's a series. 
I'm not worried about Nick. I'm not worried about, worried about the people with Nick. They have a time machine. If worse comes to worse, they have an escape route. But once Hobbs and Katie have been kidnapped and are on this U-boat with two of the the most fearsome and feared um, torturers in the and yeah, the Hitler's like little buddy who's the second in command and this captain who is like the fiercest and even even feared by his own crew because he's psycho mm-hmm. on this super uber new submarine underwater they can't escape and they've got all this I am I'm, it was more exciting I was much more interested and I found myself rushing through the chapters with Nick so I could find out what was going to happen next with Katie and Hobbs because it wasn't that the stuff in the past wasn't interesting but they, they're going to survive this I didn't really think by the style of, of the author's writing he was going to kill off any of his characters but I wanted to know what was going to happen how are they going to get out of this mess and because um, it was just it was a much more interesting storyline to me it's far more interesting than what was going on in the past. Agreed. And far more interesting than that scary pirate. Yeah. I wasn't worried. I'm like, he's he was over the top scary. Yeah. He's like, you take all of the evil pirates in any other pirate story and mash them all together and you have the ultimate evil pirate, okay? This is this is the evil pirate they're dealing with. Like he's like He's ridiculously evil, okay? <laughs> to the point of unbelievability, to be honest. Yeah, he kicked, he kicked them puppies. I mean, he's, yeah. he, he's so incredibly evil that it was, it was less believable than the whole Nazi thing, which is real, mm-hmm. real history. And so, on the whole, you know, I'm like, they have a way out. If everything goes bad, they've got a time machine. Plus, we know once he's already met his ancestor, that his ancestor hadn't even gotten married yet. So we know Nick's not vanishing. This isn't Back to the Future. He doesn't yeah. suddenly become the see-through. We know that Nick's ancestor is going to survive this too, obviously because Nick still exists. So again, I'm not so worried about that. But I was concerned about Katie. And I wanted to know what was going to happen. I was worried about Hobbes, to be honest. I thought some more worse stuff could have happened to Hobbes. Hobbes could have died. I thought it was going to be like another shock. I was, yeah, a little. I was, I was concerned that Hobbes might die, and the only reason Katie would live is because she's cute. But then, how's she going to get out of this? Um, and I loved, loved the moment when she, she saves the day. He's, he's, he's dead. He needs proof. Daddy, did you show them the letter? What letter? The one you're holding for Nikki in your pocket? Oh yeah, and he has the proof right there. The letter that was sent to her dad telling him he's fired, blah, blah, blah. You know, and she's, she's this perfect little actress. And as someone who has acted since I was three, like, I just adored her. I identified with her. I loved her. She was written just like a child of that age who is, you know, intelligent and precocious and maybe a little smart for her age, but she, he wrote her well. Mm-hmm. He must have had a daughter or a niece or somebody who was like Katie because he wrote her well. Well, she was interesting, and I wanted to know what was going to happen with her. And I just, every scene that she was in, I liked it more. Once, you know, maybe at the beginning you're still getting used to the character, but once we got into the story, just, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Dave? Favorite parts? I don't know. You said everything. You explained the whole book. Go <laughs> on. Uh, <laughs> Man, <laughs> what, you don't want to talk about it? No. All right. 
This isn't an interview. You don't need to have it up to your chin. Well, why not? <laughs> um, first off, I'm going to say that I don't like water. <laughs> oh, this isn't a good book for you then. This is not a good book for me. I mean, the story was good, but I don't like water, so most of my comments are going to be negative. Did it make you feel uncomfortable, Dave? It made me feel very uncomfortable to the point where there were some points where I did not want to read it anymore because I don't like water. I understand that. I can understand um, that. I'm just, I'm just curious. Well, you know, we, you and I both talk about Conan, but like, come, they've done sailor Conan stories that like you don't care about those either? Or? No, not really. I just kind of hurry up through them and then toss that one aside. I don't like I don't like the the water ones. I mean, even when I go to the beach, I don't go in the water. I sit on the shore and build sand castles. I don't like the water. And when I go to the pier, I don't go to the side. I'm standing in the middle of the pier, walking to the end. Okay. I just found out your phobia. I have I no idea. I do I don't not think like water. Knew that about you. Yeah. No. I don't go on boats. I don't like water. I don't go in the lakes. Sarah's the same way. She yeah. can't watch movies in the theater, especially yeah. that have lots of underwater scenes. She freaks out. She yeah. has to watch it at home, where she can step away and make sure she's on dry land. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to play a Halloween movie for Dave, you would play Jaws. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. This is my stuff. A lot of water in yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, I've seen that. I mean, that, that, yeah, that's just creepy. And if it was my Under choice, I would drain the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't care if it ruined the whole fish population for the rest of the world. I don't but care. But you don't eat fish anyway. Exactly. So. <laughs> I don't like fish anyway. Um, but I'd have to say... I like that the story was well written, and I had to constantly remind myself that it was geared towards a younger audience. Because I'm thinking to myself on on a, several occasions, like eh, this is not going to happen. Then I go, okay, it's for a kid. Yeah. Okay. So, but, um, but even so, like, we've read a lot of kids' books, and and uh, there's some weaknesses to this one that some of the other books didn't have. Yeah, I mean, we can get to that together yeah, when we yeah, get yeah. on the negative aspect of our little interview here, but. Um, I like the scene when um, Nick and Katie meet William Blood and was it Snake Eyes? Yeah. I'm going, Snake Eyes? Isn't he from G.I. Joe? <laughs> <laughs> and then when they went into Gunner's um, Inn out in the middle of nowhere, because it reminded me of when I went to Scotland and we went into a place that was similar to that. Where there was there was a, a giant fire hearth, and you go up into the little bar and order your drink, and then sit at the table and just chit chat, and that's what my friend Doug and I did. Yeah. And it reminded me of that, and it was on land. The the lighthouse, I could I could care less about. I mean, I could see how it was. Strategically placed, if it is, if it exists for real. And I meant to look up to the island was real or not, but I never got around I mean, to it. I honestly don't know. It, it probably is because he's trying to make it as, as close as possible. But um, other than that, I I didn't really have a, a favorite part of the story. I mean, other than okay, the book was was pretty good, but. Like I said, I don't like water, so I don't really have anything favorite about it. I mean, probably the, the favorite part it was the end when he was on land and he, and he met his, his hero in the end because he went to London. He was on land. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good scene. That was. I'm sorry, but, I mean, 
even though we could give away some stuff here. Yeah, so I would have told the guy, yeah, you're going to get killed. You need to take those medals off. I wouldn't care if I changed history. <laughs> yeah, I think, because I think a lot of people would. Like, because I, I know changing, changing history, I could see... But how would that guy change history so much? Well, because he, he, he was a, a general or a captain or something, but he was murdered. Yeah. He, he was, but if he survived, how many of the enemy wouldn't have? I don't know. And how would that have affected their descendants? But it doesn't matter, though, because the English still won with the guy or not. Oh, I don't know. There's a lot yeah. of... Uh, you, you get into time travel and paradoxes and a lot of a lot of theories on it. That of mine, but still, me, so. I wouldn't really care because if that was my hero and you actually got to meet the guy and you know that he got murdered, I'd be like telling him the details so he wouldn't get murdered. For all we know, if uh, Nelson would have lived, they may have lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, who knows? It wouldn't yep. matter because you're already in the future. Yeah, but who yeah. have maybe your future wouldn't exist anymore. Then you won't have to worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Exactly. All right, Wayne. Favorite part that Bonnie didn't cover already. Let's see. Sorry. (laughs) Thanks, Hermione. I like to talk. Yeah, Hermione. (laughs) Actually, I... uh, I did enjoy the opening of the book because you have Nick and his dog on his little sailboat there trying to make it home in the teeth of this storm through a treacherous reef and not end up on the wrong side of this rock and he knows that area like the back of his hand and he's not sure he's going to make it. So you as the reader aren't sure if he's going to make it, you know. Obviously, since the story is about him, he will survive, but you don't know if his boat's going to, you know. Uh, And it Again, it was obviously written by somebody who has had some sailing experience and some nautical experience, so and who has been in a storm and knows how the, the waves react in, in the major windstorms and stuff like that, you know, because they don't act react like they normally do. And it was just well written enough that it it sucked me in. No, it, it starts strong, you know, yeah. And uh, then you find out, you know, the, his dad's the lighthouse keeper, and that his dad is part of a secret group spying on German boat traffic and trying to spot submarines and stuff living on the Channel Islands. It takes place on the smallest of the Channel Islands, which are in the English Channel between Britain and France. And they were actually uh, the cha- the Germans did occupy the Channel Islands in World War II, and were going to use it as their base of operations to launch their attacks against Britain and then 
things didn't work out exactly as they planned. So, uh, you know, even to this day, if you go visit the Channel Islands, there's fortifications and, and things there. And I, I read a book in the last year, and I can't remember the name of it. Excuse me. It, it was uh, one of those that was written in the form of diaries and letters of woman and her circle of friends who lived on one of the occupied islands. Hmm? Guernsey, I think, wasn't it? I think that may have been the name of it. Uh, and it was... What was the name? The, it was the, they were on the island of Guernsey. Guernsey. Okay. Yes, which is where Guernsey cows come from. Yes. Is that the one with the book club? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, Guernsey Island Book Club or something. Like that. Guernsey. Yeah, wasn't that one uh, yeah. we read for here? No. Or no? No, 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 no. It's the one you were telling us no. about. Telling you about. That's yeah, right. Club when the Germans come to join their club that is actually really a spy network on how they survive on the island. Yeah, and, yeah. and so I, okay, I that had. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I, I had just read this book, yeah. you know, within the last, you know, maybe eight months at the most about the German occupation here you know and, and so this book you know I already had some background going into it yeah it was okay. the the Guernsey potato pie and yeah. literary society or something like that it was a really delightful book and I only heard parts of it. <laughs> but but anyways, that you know. So when when this book is going into you know, it, it wasn't totally new territory for me. I I already had some, you know, another book looking at this same period of history that I've read. You know, and so that that really helped me get into this one. And so uh, I was enjoying it. Um, I I have to uh, I think I, I have to agree with Bonnie that once the party split and you've got Hobbs and Katie see, Captain Thor in his Uber speedboat to go deliver this message the sub has been sighted that you know nobody's sure if it exists or not it exists it has been clocked at close to these speeds you know and it was information that Churchill's net network needed to get a hold of to shake up the British War Council and get them off their dust because the, the general belief in Britain at the time is oh the Germans aren't going to do anything with us Britain is not going to be part of the war you know that's just going to stay over there in Europe Mm-hmm. And they were uh, Churchill was being touted as a warmonger in a very negative light when he was, you know, just trying to wake people up to yes, Germany does care about England and we're in trouble if we don't. You know. There's a documentary that's coming out real soon just about Churchill. And this yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, Gary Oldman plays Churchill. Yeah, and really? a movie coming up. Yes, yeah. he's gonna have to gain a lot of weight. He does he gain a lot of weight. He stopped. You can't hardly even recognize him except for his voice. Uh, well, that's what Gary Oldman does best. Yeah, between yeah. the, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. sure the prosthetics yeah. too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he's a great actor. He's, he's gonna do a good job on. Oh yeah, I was 
so so many times I see the movie like, oh my gosh, that was Gary Oldman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, that was Gary Oldman. <laughs> you know, he's just so, that kind of actor. You know, but again, you know, you have the the guys in the past, and it's all seafaring, swashbuckling, you know, story and saga. Nick is living his dream. He's in the era of Admiral Nelson, his nautical yeah. hero, and all of these yeah. books it's that he's read. Meeting the ancestor that he aspires to be like. Yeah. 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 You know this. This. He finds out how the hole gets in the painting. Right. You know, and and handles the same spyglass before the raised writing has gotten worn down, like when he has it in the present. You know, mm-hmm. and but he's there. He's living his dream. Yeah. His sister is trapped in this German sub with Hobbes, you know, and again, it's like... They're having to lie and act to keep themselves alive. She becomes a spy. Yeah, yeah. and she talks about how she loves secrets. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the slightest slip-up and they're dead meat, you know, type thing. Where Nick, he's having fun. He's, he's, you know... Yeah, people are in danger, but he's loving it. You're you know, right. and, and for me... The, I didn't have a problem with these, with the time machines. You know, the the premise was these. There were these twin orbs that were time machines built by Leonardo da Vinci. You know, to that's be honest, cool. I was not expecting the time machines. You know, and and the story doesn't really set you up for it. But no. you know, you you get to that point, and Nick. And Hawk and Gunner go back in time to help save the ancestor ship from this pirate. And they use the time machine to go back. And they use the time machine to return. And after they've returned, they have a couple paragraphs where they talk about using the time machine to return all of the children that the pirate had stolen for ransom and he had stolen them from different periods of time of wealthy parents because they returned to Pharaoh's son to the Pharaoh mm-hmm. when none of them really spoke Egyptian but you know they so there was a lot of time travel going on in returning the captured children back to their parents but that's just handled in a couple of paragraphs so in my mind, I don't count that. I, I, I count they went back to the past. After their adventure was over, they returned to the future. This is to me like, okay, if we're in the middle of a battle and something is going wrong and I have access to a time machine, I'm going to want to loop back a little bit and say, turn this way instead of that way, or something like that to correct what just happened and increase the odds in our favor. Exactly. Well, so we'll, since, you know, we'll, we'll get into the negatives on that because sorry, no, they they did not establish the rules of this time machine time rule very well. Yeah. But, so, anyways, go ahead, man. Millie, your your favorite. You guys are taking every single thing we're going to talk about. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the negatives. And no, I haven't done my positives yet. Okay. So, I will say my favorite scene was. The scene with Hobbs and Katie on the electrified lagoon. Oh, 
Okay. When, <laughs> you know, the counting down, you know, five minutes to, you know. Yes. And then, so finally the German guy was like, okay, I'm out. Finally, like in the last 15 seconds, whatever. And you only, like, Hobbs and Kitty collapse and you find that, oh, I actually, you know, <laughs> took that electrified stuff out a year ago because it turns out most people are good with disability, you yeah. know. So, you know, I've, I which is, I figured they'd get out of it because, I mean, it'd be pretty gruesome at that point in the book to have a six-year-old electrified. Right. For this particular author. Maybe some people would be okay with that, but I can tell this author wouldn't be okay doing that. Yeah. But I didn't see that particular, like, I thought maybe at the last second he was going to, you know, push a secret button or, you know. So that part I liked, definitely. Um, that was a good part. Uh, it was a good book overall, and there were, I think my favorite part, though, was the relationship between Kitty and Hobbs. Like, yeah. after his initial, like, what the heck are you doing here kind <laughs> of thing, like, the six-year-old got half a defense and this is not good, you know. After that, after that initial shock, I think... And he's not a Chinaman. And he's not, yeah, from China. <laughs> or a Nazi. Then I love the fact that he was just, like, so taken, like, oh, my gosh, this little girl, she's uh, yeah. adorable and probably a little more advanced in her years than I would have expected, but, you know... They have teeth. Yeah, they have teeth. It <laughs> makes teeth, you know, crumpets. Yeah. And just the fact. I'm afraid not to. There's not enough time. Yeah, I just love the fact that you know he basically treats her like a daughter, even though yeah. you know, like he doesn't have to. He could have told right. him like, "Out, out, get out of here." You he know, they're calling Uncle Hob, yeah, Hobbsy, and yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Probably one of the only people who could get away with doing that too. Right, calling Hobbs. Yeah. He's a decorated war veteran. <laughs> Before we go on, I looked it up. Greybeard Island, according to an email by Ted Bell, is a fictitious name for the Isle of Sark, which is 80 miles off the coast of England. So he gave it a different name, but it's based on the island. Based on Sark. Yeah, which is one of those channel islands. Okay. The smallest one. So, problems, qualms, quarries. Nobody take all the. <laughs> no, yeah, there's there's plenty to go around. Do you want to go back yeah, the other way? Bonnie. You want to go back the other way? Yeah. I'll go with whichever way you guys want to go. Um, or I'll take the the simplest qualm and problem. In the book, I believe I counted it. The phrase "nick of time" is said three times. So what? That is just the author like, eh, I'd be clever. Eh, eh, eh. The title of the book, you get it? You get it? You get what I'm saying? Yeah? Like, we got it. We got I, it. I'm like, I'm like, I got it. <laughs> I, I got it. I, I understand. Uh, Nick, because it's his name. And yeah, but Nick of Time. You were hearing the Nick of Time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Gee, I wonder if the author's going to name this book Nick of Time after reading the manuscript. It's just named... Mr. Hawk's adventure. <laughs> no, Katie's adventure with the Nazis. No, no, he says Nick of Time three times. We should, we should Nick call him Nick of Time instead. Yeah, jokes come in threes and sevens, right? Yes. That, and it bothered me that the main character's last name was MacGyver. It just took me right out of the book. It wasn't spelled well, the same. It was MC, it was Mick Mick. MacGyver. Iver. Iver. Okay. MacGyver. It MacGyver. It's MacGyver. Iver. Iver. Okay. MacGyver. It might have been the way I was saying it. 
I, I heard Nick Guyver. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So also, I had a cold when I was reading it, so it probably sounded like MacGyver. <laughs> okay. You know, you know this plug. <laughs> yeah. You're like a horrible. Yeah. So, all right. Um, I'll save the rest for everyone else. Oh, we're going to go reverse and okay. get more to say. Okay, I know you and kind of touched on. <laughs> fine, fine. I'll go last. It's fine. I know you touched on it. You talked about it when you talked about the description, but I just don't feel like there's any justification for bringing a 12-year-old boy. In. Okay, first of all, he never actually specifically, at least from what I read, said how he found out who his descendants were. Especially, he just says, "Oh, I found out." You're my. That's true. You might never say. It's like, how'd you find out and when he would live and where he would live? And, you know, it's like, how'd you find out uh, when it, uh, the ancestor. ancestor said, oh, I found out you were my descendant? Oh. How do you find that? Okay, did you well, just say. Uh, that implies the ancestor lived a really interesting life. Like I could, I would have forgiven that if you if he had said, oh, you know, he. Some got a mysterious letter saying, "Hey, look at this kid," or if he, you know something that you later find out is due to time travel, yeah, like yeah. that, I, I would have been okay. But that yeah, he had time traveling. He, he, he didn't have access to one of the two time machines. Yes, but at one point it, he had both. But it never said. Never how said. He found that out. You're like right. he yeah. didn't even use it. Like if he could just explain to me how he found out, I'd um, be okay. Yeah. You know what that. Yeah, he never said how he knew that like how he found Nick. And yes, I understand. You know how Nick had that knowledge. I I do understand that Nick had this great knowledge of this island that he was he was like oh they couldn't spend all this time for people to do so I dove and found out where all the but it's like so you're telling me that this guy who never gives an explanation knows that you out of all people would know that, would know that. Mm-hmm. and so he's not only okay. Like, he not only knows it, but he's okay with taking a 12-year-old boy. Like, don't you think someone with this great military or, you know, history... 12-year-old boys at that time were already on ships as cabin boys. Yes, but still... They have as long a life expectancy. Power monkeys. But still, well, I, I get that, but still, do you think he wouldn't have tried to find someone with a little more experience? Like, he would have had experience, yes. And he probably would have assumed that not much would have changed, you know. Mm-hmm. But why didn't he wait until he was twenty to call him? Yeah, back or why didn't he wait? Because I mean, if he's already in the future, he could wait. Like he could spend eight more years in the future. Maybe or, he doesn't live until he's twenty, uh, and this was the only option he had. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they, never, they never explain that. They never say he knows that. They never say anything like that. And it's like, which, okay, just tell me how he knows all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Just tell um, me, and and or why didn't he talk to? Nick's father, who was a World War One pilot or fighter, whatever, and knows more stuff. You know, in the letter he wrote to Nick that he left in the chest, uh, he, if I can find it, he talks about he used the orb to go into the future and observe Nick to make sure he was the person that could help him. When was so when we see that? Would he in the letter, he says that in the letter in the chest. Why would he do that? There was an orb and there was so a letter in the So he has chest. a chance to write as I'm sinking in the ship to go into the future. And he has a time machine. He has all the yeah. time in the world. Well, yes, but still... Just it, was I'm sorry. It just irritates the hell on me that he can yes, this 12-year-old uh, boy. I'm sorry. 
Um, it's, it's a really messed up plot. Oh, it is. And and it's, um, all, and although and you, you wonder why did he, if he was going with it, he should have gone and got Nick in person. Yeah, when, if he why had all that observed. He just needs the map. Well, I mean, even if he no, was he just observing. Well, the map was read. Go and explain to Nick. Don't take the chance that Nick might not believe him. Don't take the chance that Nick might say, I mean, I understand maybe the adult... Like, he, maybe not getting an adult cousin adult wouldn't believe him. But at the same time, what makes him think Nick would follow through or could yeah. get to him or would find someone to help him with it? You know, all he the time. He didn't need to involve Nick at all. All he had to yeah. do was just use the orb himself um, and tell himself not to go near this area because you're going to get stuck in a reef. Yeah. Story done. I, I used yeah, the machine no, no, no. this morning to locate you and can vouch for its safety and dependability. I'd use it too travel to England and warn Nelson but I won't desert my post with uh, my ship and shipmates. See, that's okay, so okay. you desert it when he'll be gone in mere seconds. See, they come never back. establish the rules of the universe. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it, what, what I got the feeling was there's an episode of Men in Black. When you time travel in Men in Black, <laughs> the way they establish that, not in the movie, but in other stuff, like you can't come back to seconds before you left. It has to be just after. Well, what happens is like, like you never left. Well, no, what it is is like they, they think the point of men in black to say time is constantly moving, no matter where you are. So if you go back to the eighties and you spend three days in the eighties, you have to come back three days from when you left. Whatever. Like, okay. that's the rule okay. in that universe. Right. But, but they never establish any of this. The they do that time is constantly moving in this. In the this only world. thing they say is that the children freeze when they've gone. That's yeah. the only thing. Why? That's the only that makes no sense to me. Yeah. Okay, that's my view. That's, that's the only thing that's really been bothering me this entire time was to the much where it almost upset me, the fact yeah. that, yeah. And so. that's the part of the reason why I said, okay, this is a kid's book. This is a kid's book. Well, yeah, I understand from an author. Who is a kid's show. Yeah. And they handle this stuff so much better. I understand why, as an author, you want this 12-year-old boy to go back. Mm-hmm. Because you're it's writing for 12-year-old boys. Which and you want them to enjoy the adventure. Yeah. But at the same time, can we know the rules? Like, can we know all yeah. the rules, not just part of the rules, not just... Oh, I observed you, but I can't go to and warn Nelson. And, like, and what can his orb do that Billy Blood's orb can't? Why does Billy need both orbs? Yeah, yeah. Right, like if he's already got one. I I don't think Billy needs both orbs. Wants, Billy wants, wants both, both orbs because he doesn't want somebody else to be able to it's maybe time. travel through time and stop him. Yeah. But that's never established. We're only ever told that it, it makes him ultimate power. Gives him the yeah. ultimate power. Gives him ultimate power because then he can do anything time traveling and no one can and stop no him. One can stop him. Mm-hmm. So that's but as long as he only has one of the orbs, there's a chance someone, someone can stop him. Ass forever. So, but like I said, that's my only compl- that, that's my that, only like angry point. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything else, I can kind of. Okay, like they said it's a kids' book. Most other yeah. Most of my other 
complaints are small enough that I could do that. Like, okay, it's a kid book. It's a kid book. It's not. It's but that one irritates. That yeah. one irritates. Kind of like with you and Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Said, it's I got this. That's how pissed I got about that. The, the teacher reading yeah. it. No, yeah. about the um, t- child in danger. Oh, teacher. child in danger. You gotta yeah. know all the signs of yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, there was no teacher ever that yeah. noticed any of this crap. Like, are you kidding me? Well, they it still irritates me. No, that, I don't care. It still pisses me off. That is how irritated I got by that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm we're done. not talking about Harry Potter. Go I'm ahead. done. I'm done. Dad. Okay. <laughs> He's sitting up straight, folks. <laughs> okay, th- things uh, things that I didn't. Well, they had a time machine. They didn't use it. Yeah. Other than to go back and return, mm-hmm. uh, being being a sci-fi fan all of my life, I mean, I started reading uh, Heinlein and uh, like when I was in fifth grade, fifth and sixth grade. Yeah. So, it's, you know, I I started reading sci-fi for, you know, and, you know, time travel books where, you know, time travel is the main thing, they use their time machines within the parameter of, you know, and and some of them it's just all over the place and, and you have trouble keeping up with it. Yeah. You know? Uh, Slaughterhouse Five. Billy Pilgrim keeps coming unstuck out of time. There, there is is time travel all over the place in that book. So, I guess I would have liked to have seen a little more utilization of the time machine, uh, especially there in the past for solving some of their problems. Yeah, I I honestly would have liked to have seen the rules established. Mm Because, like, Doctor Who, 50 years of continuity, we know what the rules of time travel is in that universe. Well, you're 50 years of continuity, this is a single book, so. But, like, also, Back to the Future. Yeah, Back to the Future. Back to the Future. You cannot meet your old self in the back. We don't know, but that's the rules. It's not, you know, you can erase yourself out of time. Don't, you know, like, there's. Back to the future. That, that's the rules of that, that universe. Um, we don't know what the consequences really are of him using the time machine, you know. And it also transports him through space and time with, you know, physical but locations. Here, here, and and I still love myself though. Yeah. I, I love the way that the or was. Everything. Was I like that. That yeah. time machine. Which, yeah, you'd want to see it used more. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I thought that yeah. was that was one of the more brilliant time machines I think I've seen in time travel literature. But yeah, definitely putting the time travel aside, the the thing I disliked the most. Okay, when they came back to the future. And we've got a German submarine trapped in the lagoon down there, and the people from the past have returned to the future. We didn't need all of this communiques, the plane flying in. Yeah. You could have just jumped to 
to the dinner with all the people around the table together, and you know everybody made it back, and they're all here having dinner together with Churchill. You know yeah. the and and we didn't need to have a chapter of Churchill's <laughs> speechifying. You know, it, it just seemed like you know once you brought everybody back and everything, you know that's that's the climax of the story and. It goes on for another four chapters or so before you reach the end of the book. Plus an epilogue. Plus an epilogue. (laughs) And a postscript. Yes. Oh my gosh. You know, and yes, it was cool that his ancestor spoke to Admiral Nelson about this young man thing and he says, let's give the boy a medal. That he put a letter in, you know, Hawk's pocket. That, that's cool. You know, and that, and that he goes back, and Nick receives this, you know, medal of honor from his hero, Admiral Nelson. Mm-hmm. One thing I, I both liked and disliked that he's here, and Nick realizes that the day that he's getting his medal is 17 days before Nelson is killed by a French sharpshooter and that he recognizes him because of the medals on his chest. At at that distance was the only reason he was able to pick him off the ship. And this is his idol. This is his hero. He's a 12-year-old boy. Exactly. He would have told him. He would have told him. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't he, care how much you've grown and matured. You would have said something. Yeah. Yep. Now, now the hero could have chosen to go ahead with it, because but being the war hero that he is, he he could have followed through. But but he uh, would have told him. He would. He would. He would have told him. That would have been another story because then Admiral Nelson would have to ask, "Well, how do you know this kind of thing?" And this child is nuts, and I'm now giving him a medal and everything. He had to do something to change it Mm -hmm. to where Admiral Nelson would have to not be in that spot 17 days later to get shot. Like he could have like torn his medals and ran away with it or something. Kicked him in the shin and break his leg so that he's not. See, if I was him, I would have shown up on Nelson's boat that morning and said, "Put a mannequin with your vest on. You're not going to die today, you yeah. know." And if you just showed up in his cabin, he'd believe you. A, a, a you know, twelve-year-old with a time machine, right, is a very dangerous. Yeah. How does he get to keep the time machine? He doesn't machine? Get to keep the time machine. Why do they let him keep the time machine? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, no. No, Nick has the time. Machine. I don't care how much sure you are as a twelve-year-old. Period. You're gonna have at least a little Tom Cruise with you, right? Like you're not so mature. Like you know, I know if I had been twelve, I hear I'd be like, you know, I would have slept in late and everything, and used the time machine to get to school on time later. You know, but so. You know, yeah, it was cool to send him back in time and be awarded this medal and all of that, but it seemed like they dragged it on. It just the end just dragged on and on and on, and on, and on yeah. a lot. Yeah. And okay. the point was like if you include the that, that was and here's here's the problem. I, I started the book that morning about 
don't know, 7.30, 8 o'clock, I started reading. Justin had gone to work. Bonnie wasn't up yet. I was crashing at their place. She had it on her old cell phone because she had ordered on the Kindle before they had ended up having to get new phones. So I'm reading it, and I get started in that. And I read it until about 3 or 4 in the afternoon when I have to drive back to Katie and Mike's in Katie's car because she and Alana come up before Mike goes to work to have a responsible adult in the house with Orion until Katie's mom and stepdad get back to the airport because their ride canceled. I, I just like it's three hours time and then I'm back and I start reading. I put the book down somewhere between 2.30 and 3 a.m. because I couldn't put the book down. But let me tell you those last four chapters I had trouble staying awake on because it dragged so much. So dragging in. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, like I said, I had to keep on reminding myself that this was a kid's book. But um, I'd have to say that my number one negative about this was a 12-year-old kid with so much sea knowledge. I mean, I understand, yeah, it's out there, okay, but what mother is going to actually let their 12-year-old kid do all that crap? You also have to realize, though, the time that this takes place. Uh, they live on an island where there are no cars. That's how you get around them. You know, I don't like, know. Like, I'm saying, there are no cars. You know, this, this I, is I mean, I can, okay, okay, I can understand that, but with the father knowing that there's U-boats out and he's looking for German spies, he's not going to let his kid play in the water like that. Not sure. I don't think Yeah, you might be right about that. Also, um, what father has 12-year-old son to spy on Nazis? I honestly think that this would have been a better story if he was probably like 16 to 19 years old area, not age 12. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know you like the little sister, Katie, but I honestly thought that she was too smart for, for her own good. I was that smart at that age. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I saying. Just, I just thought that. I know kids that smart at that age. I don't care. I just, I just particularly didn't like it because it seemed like every single hero in this book was particularly clever, yeah. and that kind of got up, that kind of got annoying. Yeah, I will say, if you age up, Nick, yeah, it loses I mean, a lot of its charm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the girl, she should have been like age ten, like a couple years younger, not age six. With him being age twelve, it's like, hello, there's well, nothing else to do. The, there's nothing else to do in the lighthouse, but. Do things. <laughs> you think they had more kids, huh? Yeah. <laughs> there and not, and not a six-year age difference. <laughs> I, I guess the dad was doing too much bird watching. But yeah. um, there's just little things that okay, it's it's a kids' book. But the thing that got me the most, and I even explained it to you, was they explained how to open up the time machine, mm-hmm. the little thing where. You had to open it up and do your thing. Counterclockwise. Yeah, and do all that stuff to be able to open it and play with it. How did Captain Blood escape the ship 
when he only had one hand? How did he manage to open it and escape? He was missing a hand when it got cut off. How did he do it? You know, I didn't think about that. <laughs> you know, he had the, we heard the girl shriek. Yeah. He stabbed her, and maybe he made her do something for him. Yeah, but she would have said so. Yeah. She would have said, hey, he handed me something, and he made me open it up, and yeah. it was a gold thing, and then he grabbed it from me, and then he just disappeared. It was nothing. Maybe he had a preset. He may have had a preset as an escape. The guys used it a lot. But they should have said something. And when they were fighting him and Hawk, the kid stabbed him in the leg with a dagger. And he had his hand chopped off, but he managed to get away from everybody on deck, go into his room, stab the girl lock the door, open up the time machine and get away? Yeah. All of that. And yeah. and get away? I, I never thought... I no, thought I... He should have died. He should have died. Yeah. But he's the uber villain. Yeah. As, as I mentioned earlier, and that's one of my issues, he's the uber villain, so he has to escape. And he's over the top. He's, he's unbelievable. Yeah. No, I, he's thought, I thought he was a very weak character, in my opinion. Thing, but they make him I'm going to abduct so a doggy. No, no, no. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I'm sorry, but I would have abducted Katie. Right? Yeah. Not a dumb dog. Because really, the Nick is saying, oh, the guy abducted my dog. Well, that sucks. I'll just get another one. You don't love dogs. No, he doesn't. He no. loves cats. To the point where I'm going to travel in time just for my dog. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I would go to hell. That is a bunch of poo. <laughs> for my dog. But um, you don't have <laughs> I just I just thought that that was a bunch of poop because I I think it would have been a lot better if okay Nick stabbed him in the leg and then like Hawk stabbed him in the side to the point where he could run away and then do the time machine and then mm-hmm. escape because he knew okay the the, the, the whole crew and was against me now and mm-hmm. I'm getting my ass kicked in this sword fight I need to go and bide my time and, and disappear and since he, he disappeared into the ether what's to stop him from coming back from kidnapping the kids again exactly right. and and what's to stop him from I wanted that lethal weapon one ending with him and Hawk fighting in the rain on the yard. Yep. Like this is this is how it ends. Yes. Like that's the triangle yeah. chokehold in the mud. Like that's what I wanted. And they never really explained how Nick thought he when he met the girl inside Blood's cabin that she kind of felt familiar, and it, because it was Nelson's niece. Well, I think that's I'm setting thinking, it up for later. I think yeah, the marries are no, later. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. thinking. I'm thinking that his ancestor, because he said he wasn't married yet. That's what I thought too. I think I him think. and Admiral Nelson's niece get together, and that's his ancestors. Yeah, oh, that's why. That's what I think. And well, they, they have the family pictures or yeah. portraits in oh, there, okay. and they that's, also so that's where Nick may mention that she's got red hair. I think Katie has red. Yes, Katie has yeah. red hair. Mm-hmm. So, which I know is not that unusual for that. Area, yeah. but still, it's like yeah. I think it's up to them. So. Yeah, I mean, other than that, that was the the biggest negative. I, I just just irritated me. But the rest of the book, I go, yeah. okay, it's a kids' book, and shine it on, just let it go. Yeah. Well, like so we've read some kids' books, like Thief of All Whales. 
Yeah. You know, handle some dark. Yeah, that was a kid's book. Yeah, we didn't have, yeah, like, yeah. we never keep saying this is a kid's book. Like, normally that's not an issue for us, but this yeah. one has some weaknesses. Yes, oh, it yeah. does. So, okay, I said I'd go last. So, Justin. Right, go, Justin. Uh, I haven't finished the book, so I don't really. Do you have, have anything you didn't like so far? No. Okay. That's fine. Yeah, so I you didn't like that you didn't finish the book. Uh, yeah. That's the only thing I don't like about it. Cause I haven't managed to finish it yet. I will say, even though we spoiled the shit out of it, finish it. It's worth. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I will. I will. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a good story. You know, I, I'm I'm enjoying weak points. But Definitely, a but lot of problems with the time tra- time travel. And I, I get what you're saying. Blood, blood, blood. Takes the the coward's way in everything, but like he can't be quite a pansy because he's kept the crew under his thumb for so long. He's done all these horrible. But, but like seriously, like he wrote him as this like evil, like just too evil, like too. He, like the, the plus, like okay, I'm sorry, but um, Lady Anne and her handmaiden person are supposed to be from that current time period. Mm-hmm. So she's talking about spending years taking care of all these children. Yeah. Years in that time period. I didn't think they'd been chasing blood for more than six months. Well, well Hawk something. has been dealing with No, no, no. I know Hawk's been dealing I'm talking about in the time period where the battle's taking place. Well, it had, like it had been... It had been Six months, maybe a year since Blood had um, mutiny, tried to mutiny, and stolen the time machine. It hasn't been years. His ship has been in that time period. And he's only had that ship, that particular ship, for like six months, eight months that the French painted it all red and all that stuff. Like, it hasn't been years. She makes it sound like she's been taking care of these kids for uh, the whole five years that they've been gone yeah, in, in hospital. She, yeah. she says, I've been taking care of them for years. And you're like, for years? In that, time, in that time in that time period? I realize in the future, I'm not finished with my point, and you may have an answer, let me get to my point. I realize in the future it's been five years since they were kidnapped, and for some reason they're frozen, blah, blah, blah. But if in the time period of the ship where he's bringing all these children to the people who are taking who've been taking care of them have been in that same time period they're from that time period maybe a couple months before or something but still that time period the ship itself is not attached to the time machine how has she been taking care of these children for years when he's only had this boat for a year when he's only been when he's only had in the course of that time period where the boat is where he's kidnapping people he's only had the time machine yes he's made tons of trips and spent tons of time gathering children and he has a time machine he can do that but the children haven't been in that boat for that long in their time periods it's been a long time that they've been gone but it doesn't there's no it doesn't that that can't be it can't make sense okay See if you can counter it, Mr. Raising Your Hands. Over there. Um, I, I may have misread it. I got the impression that the 
the gal who was on board ship taking care of the kids mm-hmm. had been there for a long time. She was taking care of them, and when Lady Anne came on board, she was taking care of Lady Anne. But I didn't get the still, impression that she came on board with Lady Anne. She was staying in the same room as Lady staying Anne. Staying in the same room. And Lady Anne said something about her handmaid or whatever. She may not have come on board with Lady Anne. I got that impression a little bit because they seem to have that bond like they've known each other for a lot longer. But still, even if she'd been on that ship for the whole time, he's only had the time thing for a year, year year and a half, maybe. I'm trying to remember the time frame, but it was less than two years. I know that for sure. And I think it was only... She says that she's been taking care of the kids for years. For years. It makes it sound like it's been like five or six years. But does it say specifically she was taking care of them on the ship? He could have had a land base that they were taking. But he hasn't had the time machine for years. Yeah. In his time period where he's doing things. But if he had this land base over here ten years in the past, he's got a time machine. He could go back there. Then why does he not keep them there? Why does he keep them on his ship? Wayne, you're trying to no prize an explanation that isn't like we're not given enough information. We're told that he's keeping all of his captives on this ship. In this time period. Right. And it makes it sound like he's always done that. Because there's birds and monkeys. If, if he only wanted to keep the special ones, like he knows Hawk's near a time machine, so he'll keep Hawk's kids close. Lady Anne has only been kidnapped for a while, is what it sounded like, because they only just found out she's been kidnapped. So how come it seems like she's been there for much longer, too? Okay? Because she's that same time period. But the, the, the problem is... This could have been taken care of with a paragraph of writing. Yes, but it's not. And it sounds like a bunch of just, it doesn't make sense. And that ship, I'm sorry, I know ships can hold a lot of things, but the way they describe the cells and stuff, there were suddenly way too many kids, way too many birds and dogs and horses and things that he's kidnapped showing up. It was yeah, like especially after they've been blowing cannonballs all through the show. Yeah, yeah. It was the bottomless boat here. Like it there's only like, was like three or four levels like high. I was like, like yeah, seriously. Uh, uh, and, and the defense on that. Uh, Where are they going to store the food? Okay. The uh, the French at that weapon. particular time did have access to ship technology. Mm-hmm. Were they? There were a couple ships they built that were three times larger than the average uh, it ship of the navy. That wouldn't have been a you man know. of war. Well, no, man of war. Uh, they wouldn't be putting but cats and dogs they, and they, horses and shit. They, they found a ship that Napoleon had built that had a keel. I mean, a, a rudder that was seventy-two feet tall. Okay, so let's say <coughs> so it's ginormous. I mean, they talk about it being two hundred and fifty. But in order to have that many people, it have to be like a cruise ship today mm-hmm. to have that. Yeah. Like it was. An insane amount of hostages suddenly pouring out from everywhere. Yeah. It was very cartoony. <laughs> yeah. on the inside. Yeah. It's a yeah. TARDIS. Oh, no. It is a time machine itself. Why does he need the orb? He's got a TARDIS. Very much. I love him all Yeah. I was just like, oh, my goodness. So that was a bit ridiculous. Yeah. A, a lot ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I will say there's one thing I liked. Uh, when they're in the, the, the fighting, the blood, mm-hmm. the guts and all, they, they make a point to say, 
the sand on the deck to absorb. Yeah, the they blood. made he made a lot of things he worked to be historically accurate, yeah. and I appreciated that. And I'm sitting there going, like, that's too weird and not to be real. I, I yeah, think they would spread yeah. sand to. Uh, that is true. So yeah. you would uh, keep you from sliding. Yeah. In, and and um, he hasn't got to that part, so he he okay. just knows the history of it because he hasn't got to that part. Um, so that's accurate historically. So I appreciate those things. But yeah. The time travel, like we're huge Doctor Who fans. Yeah, I know. If, yeah. if you're gonna do a time story, time travel, mm-hmm. that's gotta be airtight. Yeah, yeah, and okay, Wayne stepped out for a second, but to go back to what he said about you have a time machine, why not use it? The minute they found out, the minute that they found out, I'm I'm hitting on one of your points and. Uh, the minute they found out that blood had brought back weaponry from the future, why the heck didn't they go get some? Yeah. Like, this is... Was it they, they were mixing... Or why didn't they go get something that would make the boat more bulletproof? Yeah. Or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. They've got a freaking time machine! That's what I had wanted. It's like, like if he's cheating... Like, that means if we're going to go full on board, then... Then the gunner yeah. needs to be riding especially, the T-Rex. Or, you know. <laughs> especially since Lord Hawk was like, we got to make sure our weapons are period accurate. Yeah. We can't just bring a pistol with us. Or, you right. know, right. Or, you know he was like, we got to make sure we I go mean, with they're weapons. all going to die if he blows them to bits. So he's cheating yeah. and bringing at least something. Then they need to be able to go get something to be able to have an equivalent. He shouldn't have that much of an edge. Yeah. He's already got... Yeah. More than he needs, you know. I think what they could do with a 50 caliber machine gun. Right? right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. 20 millimeter Vulcan. So, yeah. Alright, uh, closing arguments or statements. Um, I think it was decent. <laughs> it, was, it was decent. Definitely, like I said, Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm not the right age to be reading it, you know. But I think it was good. It was. It wasn't bad. It was just. I think had a little too many problems for me. So. Yeah. yeah. I say keep an open mind if you're going to read it. It was. It was an enjoyable story. It had its actions, but yeah, it had yeah. It, it had its holes. If I had a ten year old son, yeah, totally. Yeah, I'd probably yeah. hand it to Rebecca and I'm my niece and let her read it. I, I enjoyed it immensely. I enjoyed it. It was it was one of the books, and we yeah, I haven't had this with all the books, but there were sections where I stayed up later reading. Yeah. Because I wanted to know what was going to happen. There's some you know, really there's some really good parts in here, especially because I wanted to know what was going to happen later with Katie Hobbs. I couldn't go to sleep until I knew that they weren't going to get killed on the U boat. Oh God. Okay. Oh shush. Okay. <laughs> I happened to identify with Katie because I was just like that as a kid. Okay, so she reminds me of me. She reminds me of my niece Rebecca at that age. She reminds, you know, like, and my sister at that age. Like, I know kids like this. I identify with that kid. I was that kid. You know, and she's this great little actress. And, like, I just, I identified with her. I cared about her. There, before we start recording, Wayne said, why hasn't this been turned into a, a miniseries or a TV show or a movie? <laughs> that scene with them in the U-boat, that is Hitchcockian. That is, yeah. that is really good. And in a movie, you're going to rewrite stuff anyway. We can fix all the freaking plot points. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You know, and the high sea swashbuckling adventure stuff. That could be oh, awesome. That, that could be well done. Oh, that was cinematic. Right? Yeah. This was cinematically 
done would be one of the better swashbuckling films. It's oh, captured it as it was written. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was seeing it as a movie as I read. Let Disney do it. They'll put in Captain Jack or something. something yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. All right. So okay, so who turns it to Paul? Not mine. Who did it last time? We don't keep track. I think we you did. Okay, Bonnie. Oh, wait. Here, be always. It's okay. Pick a good one. Don't suck. Maybe it went not quite so long this time. Grey Walker by Cat Richards. Or is it Richardson? I think I was supposed to be Richardson. Yeah. I left the N R off. Catwater? You recommended that one. I did recommend this one. Okay. I think I have your copy at my house. Why? Because you read it and liked it? I read it and liked it, that's why. Okay. Alright, sounds good. Next month, Greywalker. By Richardson. Alright. Have a good one. Stay away from pirates. So, there you have it. Um, That was this month's episode of The Bookies. Uh, next month, we'll be looking at Greywalker, uh, written by Kat Richardson, um, l- part of the uh, Harper Blaine literary series. Um, so yeah, I uh, hope to, to um, hear from you. I uh, hope, hope you're li- liking these episodes, listening back. Uh, please, there's a Facebook page, The Bookies. Uh, give that some like love uh, my Instagram is uh, Destiny Comics with an X C-O-M-I-X um, and uh, once again um, uh, uh, this upcoming Sunday ToonCon at uh, Pasadena Convention Center it's going to be a great show uh, also uh, right now, if you wanted to go to uh, destinycomics.com, click on that store icon. I, I apologize, the website hasn't been updated. You know, if the podcast didn't get updated, the website ain't getting updated. But the store uh, has bookmarks. If you're a diehard reader, maybe you need some bookmarks in your life. We have some custom made bookmarks, um, genre inspired uh, paintings on the bookmarks. Um, so please, uh, give it a like, give it a share. Um, hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, see you next month.